Welcome to the acclaimed podcast, The Deep Dive, featuring your esteemed hosts, Andy Monitor and Drew Dimzik, powered by BetSperts. Welcome to The Deep Dive. Little grab bag today, Andy. Uh, there's a lot going on. I, will, I would I'd need a cathartic kind of way to unpack the yeah. NBA season, which is over. Um, we're closing the chapter and it's like, it was a weird fizzle of an ending. I think everybody has kind of already chimed in on that. But both, I would both still... sports. I mean, hockey and basketball, it, it was, uh, a lot of very fun moments in both of the playoffs as a whole. Yeah. And then I think most will agree. They weren't very fun finals. Um, yeah. two teams just kind of ran out of steam and they ran into really good teams from out West which is uh, good for those. Congrats to Vegas. Congrats to Denver. Uh, back to grab bag. How, like, what? What is? What does that mean out west? Like, what? Do you, does that have any grab bag? I mean, do you do you have grab bags? Is that a thing? Uh, like so. Yeah, I like I think of my... like taking like you put your hand in like a Halloween candy, uh, okay. you know, jug, and you so you grab this, you grab something. This is weird. So this is like. <laughs> It shook loose a weird memory for me. So, like uh, our town festival, or you know, whenever we would have the the town celebration, all the stores, like the hardware store and the drug store, they'd take a bunch of crap and put it in paper bags, and it'd be like you know three bucks, and you didn't know what you were going to get. It it was usually like a couple of good things and some things that were clearly they needed to get rid of, <laughs> and like grab bags were the shit everybody wanted because they made ones that were like, hey, these are for kids. There's going to be like a, a pack of baseball cards and some shitty toy in every one of them. Yeah, I don't know if, that, don't know if that's just a. They probably don't even do this anymore. It feels like a pretty midwestern thing. Yeah, it's like you would go to the yeah. hardware store and buy a bag that was random. I've I've seen it at liquor stores. They do random six pack. Oh yeah. Oh that's, that's fun. That's yeah, actually yeah, super yeah, fun. yeah. Or you reach into a cooler and you don't look and you just pull something out. Yeah. It's a grab yeah. bag. Um all right. Well uh I it's not really a grab bag as much as I just want to cover a lot of ground today. Um a lot happened Good. in the world of sports in the last couple of weeks we haven't really commented on. Um I always, always, always like to do a little bit of navel gazing when a big season comes to an end to think about like lessons learned and process and try to improve. And that's where we're at for the NBA. That's where we're at for clay tennis. Uh that is uh close to where we're at for major golf. We got uh the third of four on the on the nigh. Um and uh, good, good yeah. discussion. I mean, let's start with NBA. Good discussion in the NBA chat right now that we're heavily the one I view the most about the NBA futures for next year. Ready? Right? Oh, sure. We're like two and a half weeks from summer league, and basically like a, what a month from the beginning of the next season. Yeah, the draft is next week, and uh, yeah, NBA. We joke NFL never sleeps, but the NBA schedule really does not have much downtime. And, yeah, the draft you know, is the, next week. There was week. a pretty yeah pretty <laughs> yeah. good discussion around the MVP and uh, casual NBA uh, casual NBA viewer slash better Andy. Uh, I don't remember if it was Lockie or who said it. The somebody said. Well, who should we bet then? And I think it was him. I said nobody for MVP. <laughs> it was. It's a pretty short list, and it's basically, um, you know, do, do the voters get it right about Joker next year if he plays at the same level, or 
does somebody really make a leap? And I think nobody might be the right answer, man. I, I left that conversation not wanting to bet on the NBA futures. Yeah, no, and I think it speaks to where we are in the NBA right now, which is a little bit of a transitioning time. Does, do you get that? Like we're transitioning out of two decades of LeBron James being the best player. We're transitioning yeah. out of some other really well-known superstars being alphas on potential title-winning teams. Uh, and, you know, the landscape is pretty flat. Uh, the NBA playoffs came in like a lion, went out like a lamb, largely because the difference between teams in rounds one and two was pretty small, which made for really entertaining series, really great basketball. But then, you know, ultimately the Heat didn't have much of an answer for the Nuggets' offensive efficiency really in any way, and they couldn't make enough three-pointers to extend that series, and the series is over. But, um, you know, it was a... It's, it was a weird season that didn't really have a very good flow, I didn't think, from beginning to end. Um, I lost a decent amount of money betting the NBA in the regular season. Uh, I am barely green playoffs thanks to some chasey bets on some Game 6 and Game 7 unders. Yeah. <laughs> that uh, that was pretty pretty clutch. I uh, dug myself a little hole with some Grizzlies future or series prices against the lakers got that back with nuggets against the suns and then uh ultimately helped you know got got the book green with the uh some game six seven under so speaking yeah. speaking of grab bag every once in a while you i go through my sheet and look at uh i put a estimated date of uh grading when sure. i put a future bet in you know it's easy you know when the super bowl is you know yes. when something you just i get it pretty close and then i sort that column by date reverse date and you know, because I have a lot of futures. It's fun when you have one. It's like, oh my god, this is a like Justin Jefferson last year. Yeah, like fuck, he's gonna win. This is awesome. Like you're every day you're thinking about when is that award handed out? Like when am I getting my money? <laughs> just that curiosity. Will they cash it that night? Would you have a loser? Like it's yeah. just been dead forever. You don't even think about it. So yeah. you have to go in there and every once in a while, especially when a season's over, kind of clear that out. And speaking of grab bag, it was like the my bookie, uh, you know, like spin special. Oh yeah, I had some rough. Um, NBA features that cash and it was like Ben Benfica for uh, Champions League. They did not win. No, no, no. Um, and then it was like the Hawks and somebody else. You know, they were play. It was like playoff or play, at least playing teams for the most part, but they were not good NBA futures. That uh, so I took. Yeah. A, I guess yeah. I, I took a minus one hundred percent ROI on on the the NBA Finals as far as futures go because Hawks did not win. Yeah, I missed the best of the prices on the Nuggets all the way down the stretch, so I never really had a big position on them, um, even though... And I actually, you know what? I did lose money on the finals, ultimately, because I got my biggest bets that I put down were Nuggets sweep, um, and I feel a little cheated, a little bit. That, yeah, that um, game that the Heat okay. won was a perfect storm of a lot of things. Yeah. We won't get back into that, but yeah, uh, but it was like it was a really entertaining season, in my opinion. Like the NBA is in a perfectly fine place, but it's in a really transitiony place as well. Um, and the regular season was kind of marked by a lot of uh, rest, player rest, a lot of load management. Um, that kind of reared its ugly head, but it was due because the previous season was entirely governed by fatigue. Um, and you know, for, you know, the, the, the compressed off season prior to last season yeah. where they played the Olympics on top of like 
not you know hardly any break between playoffs and the start of the season like that really beat the players to a bloody pulp um and you know so this season i think was a little bit of a an uneven little little bit of a reset there um you know certainly uh the there weren't very many teams that distinguished themselves in the regular season outside of the nuggets um and you know some of the teams that you would think really kind of materialize as sort of the future contenders down you know going forward have some huge questions swirling around them uh a lot of them the warriors huge questions swirling around the lakers huge questions swirling around suns Huge, huge holes, huge play yeah, we have, pieces missing. We have all John in the West. Morant, who John Morant, yes, uh, real, just Lord. snap guess. What, what's your? I uh, guess 50. 30. Okay, yeah, I didn't. I know there's like somebody had mentioned like there's rules of like if it's under this amount, yeah, then the 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 appeal process they're gonna is go under that amount, whatever that number is, they're gonna go a couple games yeah. under it. That'd be my guess, yeah. I don't, it depends. I don't, the, the one I, thing that did kind of strike me process. is. Yeah, the one thing that struck me is like basically Silver saying, hey, there's a he, he made it sound like, hey, there's a bunch of stuff that's not even like public. Yet. I, I've I've heard so, that independently after the original incident that he got suspended yeah. for. They basically were there was a lot of buzz behind the scenes of, um, you know, those incidents were there. There was there were there was key, more to it. There was key factual information that was left out of a lot so, of those stories. If some of that stuff is overblown and innocuous, I think I'd lean towards what you said. Whatever that threshold is, they'll just yeah. stay under it to avoid yeah. it. But if, if this shit is like, oh my god, like this is much worse than we ever thought, I guess wouldn't surprise me if you saw like fifty to a season. Well, like, he, what if it's real? What if it's real fucking heinous shit? Well, that's just that I don't think they want to. Well, this current because so the current thing is not a big deal and like not 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 a big. You deal, should be able just to like, like yeah, you should be able to like wave a gun around on Instagram. I guess <laughs> it's like your Instagram, dude. You want like I have I have I'm I not own, the social I media firearms. Yeah, yeah I, I, I would never like go take my deer rifle out and like shake it on live. Yeah, that's but, so, the, but the like the issue is the NBA went super duper light on him relative to the actual facts and kind of covered up a lot in the first suspension. So yeah, you can't necessarily now punish him aggressively for stuff that you don't really want to become public. <laughs> so I, they're going to stay under whatever. Anyway, this is all speculative. Uh, John Moran is in a weird place. He needs uh, needs to find some new friends, but we'll see what we'll see what he does. Um, the uh, it's like me but the, you know we're we're naming like the big contenders in the West who all have huge questions about personnel and you know future of the franchise. You could see you know true anchors like Draymond Green leave the Warriors. Um, you know LeBron leave the Lakers. Uh, you could see Rudy you know, Gobert the... just retired because he's washed. <laughs> well, what a bad, Timberwolves what a bad could trade. move Cat. Like, there's going to be some incredibly well-known names on the move from franchises this offseason, and it's going to be really tough to wrap your head around the realignment of sort of star power in the NBA. And star power is weaker than it's ever been, just in terms of what it means for winning. Um, team, just because, like, you know, the 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 space between the that the really outstanding players and the rest of the uh, really good players is is narrower because of age and regression and all that stuff. So, sure, sure. Um, you know, and then the Eastern Conference, you know, Celtics certainly like they were the best team in the regular season in the Eastern Conference by a lot. I thought uh, numbers would say so. Uh, and then to underachieve the way they did against the Heat in the Eastern Conference Finals has people thinking that they're going to make some major changes to that uh, that roster. 
uh, sticking with the coach though, like this. Yeah, that seems know. again. I'm I'm not the smartest NBA person, but it feels like just from all the stuff from everyone I trust who is smart about the NBA, the roster was not the problem. No, no, and certainly not the top best two players on the roster. Other than the fact that there's a decent, there's a fair criticism about Tatum and and. Uh, Jalen Brown and their just general basketball IQ. Like, I don't really get it. Like, you know, they're not that young. They've got a lot of reps. They've played a lot of professional basketball. They've played a lot of professional basketball together. This core has played together for a long time, but it does feel like they are lacking a little bit of, you know, kind of the the basketball smarts that can take them to the championship yeah. level, and which is I don't know uh, if tricky. you mentioned it either, but yeah, Dame, Dame, yeah, he's a Dame huge moving part. Not, not only top Dame, ten player, the, not only Dame, but the fourth pick. Like, there's yeah. a lot. Yeah, a the lot third pick, fourth pick, all that. Yeah, um, yeah, we get to see Wimby, Wimby the this year pick, yeah. for the first time. That's going to be exciting. Um, the uh, but yeah, the just, just to be clear, you know, he's not yeah. going to he's. It's a hundred percent like this feels like the stupidest fucking question, but like he's just he's just gonna come play, right? Yes. Okay. I just you remember Frenchman? the Rub- yeah, I just remember yes. the Rubio thing where it's like, hey, we got this cool international player. He might come play in a couple of years. No, no, no. He's, it's just not he'll, a he'll thing anymore, up, right? He'll suit up he'll suit up game one. Yeah, I yeah. think so. Um I I have high expectations for what he'll do next season because the way his game translates to the NBA is going to be that very, was the very, only MVP bet yeah. that got me excited. <laughs> Hundred thirty to one number. It's a big number. Yeah, it's a big number. I've heard of crazier that. things. He's going to play like seventy games. Well, he's only maybe yeah, probably well. Anyway, um, the yeah the other teams in the East. I mean, it seems like we've probably seen the end of this iteration of the Bucks. Uh, no one really wants to play with Giannis yeah. for whatever reason, and Middleton is on the decline. Drew Holiday, I don't know if there's enough to support Giannis to a championship uh, type of run. Similarly, uh, uh, you know, the Sixers feel like they're about to get blown up. At least Harden looks like he's on his way out the door, and you know, a lot of questionable pieces around there. So there's there's a basically every everything about this season, like all the lessons you could learn to take away from these teams. You have to reset it all in like two months um, because all we're just going to kind of do the, you know, shake it up and, you know, here's all the pieces out on the table again and new, new, new uniforms. Uh, and it's going to be wild to, I, I have to that email, puzzle. that email. I have that tweet. I just retweet myself every summer during free agency. It's like, Hey, what if all the NBA players just switch teams? Because, I mean, NFL is king and NFL is God. And especially in these parts, you know, we, we pray to the gods of the NFL. But, boy, the NBA offseason and the NBA content machine and just NBA on social media is still, they're still so good. There's Electric, so much yeah. stuff going on all the time. I mean, I was, we were just talking about, uh, you know, a player who might not even play next year because of his, his Instagram. Like, shit's always popping in the NBA. <laughs> yeah, it's true. <laughs> never sleeps um okay so I, yeah i mean like i have to absolutely I, I i guess lessons learned some more from this year uh for predictive purposes darko continues to be the absolute gold standard uh for player level ratings um i know that a lot of people in sort of the analytics community and at least the voting block uh for nba awards tend to gravitate towards epm um fine 
Uh, it's not that different, at least in terms of just directional kind of what you what you do with it. Um, but I I like Darko the best still, um, and we'll kind of go to war with that as my kind of underlying metric framework. I enjoy seeing the charts. Yeah, the charts are good. Just, and it's, yeah. it's good data viz. I like I appreciate yeah. good data viz. Absolutely. There's yeah. a lot of bad data viz out there. Yeah. Um and the I guess like the you know, for regular season betting, I need to be more granular about rest and fatigue and stuff if that we're gonna get another season like we had this year where the load management was so like it was it was so player specific this yeah. year in terms of like teams that were in difficult stretches of their seasons and who was who was playing and available um really did impact a lot of uh you know sort of game by game betting over the balance of the season the um i would say then the playoff lessons learned man the gold stuff like the true blue angles are still so freaking valuable like like you know any like there's three levels of bets to be made in nba playoffs right there's the ones that are like i think this is an edge because i have a rating that's different than the market on this team versus their opponent because of this matchup because of this you know i think this is an edge i think it should i think this series price should be minus 200 and it's minus 130 that kind there's those kind of bets there's the i don't have anything for this game so i'm gonna flip a coin looks like we're playing the over and then there's like the absolute stone cold nuts. And I just need to better kind of categorize things in my mind and stake accordingly uh, next year because goddamn, like it was so clear this year. Uh, and, you know, certain, certain kind of underlying fundamentals, a lot of which we talked about with Shipper, by the way. <laughs> that was a good podcast. We should, should don't need to replay that one in the current. He did it. Yeah. Of, and he did a great job uh, of like yeah, mapping of out how the, stuff. yeah. The you know the not, life cycle is the wrong word for it, but the the general flow of a series. Sure. Uh, based on you know the the and it's funny how it, it seems like even before a series, some smart people are able to just kind of predict how a series is going to go. Yeah. And yeah. and it's it just it almost bothers me that that's like uh, those are the exact adjustments those coaches made. Yeah. And that's that seems bad that if you, you're that predictable and yeah. now you're out of the playoffs. I will also say that uh, I need to be, as we get to the finals, I need to be less concerned about price when you have like real deal edge on the favorite. Um, two series, two years in a row now, there's been an easy path to the finals for one team and a hard path for the other. And I mean, my God, like Jimmy Butler, credit to him for even going out there in the fifth game, but like. He was dead. He's gassed. I don't think yeah. he really was that hurt as much as he was just completely out of gas. And really for the entire finals, he was out of gas. Uh, schedule, the the extended rest didn't matter. He, he's just like these guys were just broken. And if you're carrying the <clears throat> offensive load to the degree that he was for that team for as many games, as many hard series as he was, like the Heat were drawn dead before they even tipped game one. Yeah. And it's funny too. Like I think a lot of times the way we think about fatigue, yeah, you know, and this is insulting to all athletes, but we're we're thinking about these 
you know, players in whatever sport, like racehorses, just like, oh, they're tired or they train too much. We are people and they are people. And like, have you ever had that where you have some huge project at work and kids have like events or you have like a family get together that's stressing you out or there's a vacation and then something breaks in your Mm. house. And like at the end of the week, you are so tired. And yeah. it has nothing to do with the physical exhortation that you, you know, put out there. It's like a mental fucking exhaustion. And, you know, on top of all the physical exertion that these guys go out there and give on the daily, like the playoffs are forever. It's like two months long. Like you have to be mentally just exhausted at the end of a run, like the heat had. So somebody yeah. and Sam Lipscomb, who was always a good asker question says, is there anything to be learned from the heat? Or is it a total outlier? Probably some lessons, but two it's things. Like, sometimes <laughs> two things a stand star, out. Sometimes a star is very important. Yeah, right. Yeah, if you have the best player in the series, you have a fighting chance. Doesn't matter if you're the eight seed or the one seed. Yeah. Um, and that was what Butler was for three rounds. Yeah. Um, and you know the signs were also there for Butler in terms of like starting to leak oil. The deeper you went into that Celtics series, right? Like could have looked back on that a little bit. Game seven, man. Yeah, same. I, I had him buried. Yeah, same. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I think realistically, it's it's just a matter of recognizing. And you know, I don't think during the play, like obviously, like no one take put me in time machine with this information. I'm not going to look at the Bucks Heat pre series and tell you that. Well, yeah, the best player is Jimmy Butler, so the Heat have a chance. No. no. Like, no way. Like, he played the best in that series, but pre-series, you would have said Giannis, clearly. Um, you might have even said Giannis and Drew Holiday were the two best players in that series, I think, by a lot of metrics. Um, so it's, you know, I think it's, you know, it's a little hindsight bias to say best player matters, but um, that was sort of my only takeaway there. Uh, and yeah, also, yeah, I mean, just you in general... You said like, it good, yeah. though. You, it, it matters, but it, it's one of those things where, like you said, you have a chance. If yeah. you have the best player or possibly like his Guy ceiling, be, yeah. his ceiling is to be the best player in that, in that, you know, series, you absolutely have a chance. Sure. Sure. And I guess the, the more tr- that that's somewhat of a low hanging fruit observation, I guess. And I don't even know if it's really that, how accurate that is. I think more valuable observation about the heat is they brought experience in, in terms of coach and what he had in the roster and some of those guys playing together and knowing their roles and responsibilities, being a little bit of a unique team to play against in terms of the way they defend, um, that mattered. That made it tough for people. Um, but um, And they have – they knew exactly what they wanted to do to try to beat the Bucks and the Celtics. The familiarity was 100% there, which means even if you had a perfect talent score, the exactly correct talent score for how many minutes you were going to get from every player for the whole series and how they were going to perform, you still were going to be too far apart between the Bucks and the Heat in terms of a rating because the familiarity was going to narrow the gap. Similarly with the Celtics, familiarity, I thought, narrowed the gap, certainly. Um, Spolstra got a lot more credit than he deserved, I thought, for this exactly what he did during the playoffs. So maybe next year if they're up against, you know, Heater up against a, a lesser op- opponent they don't know as well 
And people are just kind of assuming that, well, yeah, I mean, you remember what the Heat did last year and Spolster's a better coach? Like, they're just going to beat blank. Like, there's possible, you know, possibility you're going to get an over uh, overstated, uh, you know, an overrated Heat team in the playoffs next year if they're not playing the Celtics or the Bucks or a team that they were familiar with. Um, so I don't know. I hope hope that all kind of checks out and makes sense and hold. Yeah, all all I'm hearing is Magic Division next season. That's not bad. That's not a bad point <laughs> That's either. Not a bad the Magic, the Magic should have been right in the thick of it this season if they hadn't dumped eleven of their first four, what, 12, 14 games. Um, that team was was good enough to be in the mix this year for the terrible Southeast. Um, Hawks are going to be better next year too, probably, particularly if they move off of Trey Young. We'll see what they do. Anyway. Um, and then, yeah, Holt, this has been the fun part about like just watching people argue. I love watching <laughs> people argue. This is a fun time for the NFL too, is like, because hope springs eternal every year when yeah. you're sitting in June and July and everybody thinks like, oh my God, Justin Fields is going to turn the corner. And oh my God, if we get Hopkins, we're winning our division. Doesn't matter who's in it. Like just everything's so duckies and buddies. And I love watching people argue on Twitter. I try not to get sucked into those because you can't argue with fans. Like there's no point. That's It's not any fun unless you just want to troll. But the, uh, no, the Nuggets easy path for sure was a thing. It wasn't like, you know, the they just rolled over a bunch of shitty teams. It's not super possible. Like they were, you know, short favorites. I'll pick them at some places to the suns, but like they, they kept, no, they were dogs. They, they were dogs to the suns. Uh, it depends where you, I, I feel like there are some places uh, that had it like pretty much even. I got, I, I, I'll defer. I'll defer to you. I got full that, size but. stakes at Chris fit like plus one twenty for that. Yeah, series, I, so I'm, we, we should go it with that. Was, close yeah, enough. Was, yeah, close enough. Whatever. Yeah, Let's yeah, say yeah. it was they cl- were home close, dogs close yeah, yeah. Not yeah, a yeah. Not a big yeah. dog, but yeah. no, I mean, obviously playing an eight seed in the finals is yeah. just gassed <laughs> from playing a seven-game series with essentially the best team in the league. Yeah, yeah. that's awesome. But all you can yeah. do is, you know, all you can do is play who's in front of you and such as yeah. the, you know, when you, you have those rings forever, I don't give a shit yeah. who you beat. Yeah, they would it doesn't, be and that, That's the dumb part. It's like, it doesn't make it a Mickey Mouse ring. It doesn't make it a the only thing that can make it a Mickey Mouse ring is if you play in the bubble, and that's different. But. No, it's embarrassing <laughs> lowest common denominator commentary. Anyone who's saying that sort of stuff, that, that playing in the bubble was pretty Mickey Mouse, I guess. Um, it was, that was, I mean, that was that a whole was, different kind of fucking thing. That was a whole different thing. No, it's... Was, it's Yeah, no, that commentary is still so stupid. Yes, it's so stupid. Clearly the best team in the West, and I guess yeah. I would love to see a better coach Celtics team uh, better prepared and you know obviously better execution. Okay. I would have loved to see that that matchup. Although, I mean, just because I'm a, a jerk, I do like Boston losing. Like, <laughs> the the Bruins and the Celtics um, being so. Good. I honestly have no answers for Boston. If they were like, look, man, we'll give you. you we we decided you're the guy that has the opinion that's going to help save the frame. I I would do. That. I don't know. I don't know what you do. You you can't sell on either of the assets you have, but you need something to. You need a. You need somebody smart uh, with those guys, or you need a smart, you know, coach basketball mind to help develop those guys. Because uh, there's just a little bit. Uh, there's just a little bit underwhelming, you know, kind of just mental toughness there. Anyway, uh, the. Um, other kind of major takeaways that I regret not having much, much bigger positions on the Nuggets to win everything was like the entire final frame of the regular season, like everything broke their way. Everything like 
it was all very clearly there. We were talking about it. We were saying it like, man. Um, I think the, the biggest concern was we weren't a hundred percent convinced they had a, like we, we like the coach, but it wasn't. Yeah, like, sure. Sure. It wasn't like, Oh, we're going to rely on this guy to be great in the playoffs. And the bench was yeah. really shitty. It's like, if they have to rely on bench minutes, can they get in trouble in a series with, you know, the Suns, yeah, of course. even with the Lakers. Of like, there were still concerns. Yeah, but that, at the same time, like, the prices that you you had you had access to were good enough that you could have really, you know, you really could have taken some swings. And mm-hmm. they, they ended up on the better side of the bracket. All they had to do was go through the Suns, who they matched up well against. Um, they didn't have to go, you know, it, they were only going to have to play one of the Lakers, Grizzlies, Warriors because of the, those teams getting out of the eight seed. Um, so a lot, so many things worked in their favor. The East was always going to be more of a dogfight, and whoever emerged was going to be exhausted. It didn't matter if it was the Celtics, Heat, or Sixers. There was going to be fatigue set in on that team. And so they come through clean, and they get a championship, and it was well-deserved. They were the best team. Their entire team, if you know, that Darko chart that is pretty explanatory, in my opinion, is just looking at the best four players in their career trajectories for the Nuggets. Like They're all peaking. Like they're not not peaking even, but they're all on the come up. Yeah, we're not right? we're not seeing a big like. Oh, no one's no one's at, yeah right. No one's regressed from where they were a year ago, two years ago, any of that. Like they're all on the on the come up, um, and that makes them scary out for next season, surely. But uh, you know, presumably there's going to be realignment that makes their path a little bit tougher in the West. Um, and you know. They were pretty healthy and lucky in that regard, especially with a player in Murray coming off a knee and a player with in Porter coming off a back. So who knows if those guys will be as healthy next year. Um, Speaking of Instagram, anyway. Murray. I will say Murray is much better at Instagram than John ja. Yeah, Clearly. Obviously. <laughs> Obviously better. Obviously. Yeah. Obviously. Uh, some real quick NFL bounce before we go to tennis. I think Charles. Yeah, Saul. sure. What do you make of the dig situation? Man, I am so lost in what happened there like it's just hey let's let's have like the next 10 pieces of news that come out about that and all conflict each other like hey he he's not at camp and i'm very concerned says head coach and then uh he's back the next day all is fine and then later it's like well we're working things out we're keeping it in house out there's still issues he has the cryptic instagram posts uh they canceled mini camp now they cut it a day short says we're done like, I don't know. Wide receivers are just a pain in the ass, man. Having a good wide receiver just turns them into a pain in the ass. Yeah. I'm trying to, like, uh, Megatron was great. You know, obviously there's some guys that are Jerry Rice. the exception to the rule. But I met like, Jerry Rice, by the way. Incredible, was, incredible human being. Super bet, fucking yeah, nice. Yeah, it's, it's few and far between where star receivers aren't a pain in the ass anymore. <laughs> um, also, I, so yeah. I have, this might come across, uh, I guess, Florio can sue me for slander. I don't, I don't actually believe this report about an NFL player losing eight million dollars gambling. Uh, I read, I clicked really? on Florio. I clicked on Florio's blurb. It was like two hundred words that I felt like were basically a way for him to mention his book and have a link to the Amazon clip. He's like, uh, my dad was a, my dad was a bookie, and that was what was based on the character in this book that you should click on. This it was the only link in the article was to the goddamn book. So I'm yeah. like, was this, was this even a real fucking report? Or are you just horse shitting me, Florida? Which I, I don't think he would actually do that, but I'm sure he wouldn't. You know, if he was fed bad information, 
it wouldn't uh, at that point you can just be like well i heard it from a source at that yeah. point it's out of your hands yeah patrick brings up a good point which i've had in the back of my mind with all the dig stuff which is this is weirdly deja vu all over again er- antonio brown on the raiders type of stuff well and, um, and digs digs didn't have a very it was a lacrimonious there at the end with the Minnesota Vikings. Like that was the funniest yeah, part of true. Like, Vikings fans taking victory laps. <laughs> it's like this is so sad. Our uh, what we have, we don't have any Super Bowls. We don't have any like trophies to celebrate. We have like, well, he's doing it to you guys too, so that's a win, which is yeah. pretty funny. Um, the <clears throat> uh, the yeah, I'm on the lookout for uh, stories about um, uh digs crypto freezing his feet uh in trading camp this year that's gonna be a bad that's that'll be spooky do you remember that that antonio brown that week it felt like there's a whole yeah whole do you even remember a handful of what happened like the helmet he wouldn't wouldn't wear the helmet wouldn't wear the helmet old helmet and he liked his old helmet and they said (laughs) you can't do that so he said okay and then the next day he tried to just sneak it in (laughs) <laughs> and then he yeah. got his feet frozen and they were injured so he couldn't play and then he got in arguments with like coaches and shit. Yeah. that was a that was a whole ordeal which apparently that was a pretty uh a pretty clear red flag because it's not like <laughs> not like things got better from there no uh no. And, you know we, we don't want to joke too much about someone's mental health hopefully he's like okay but boy it doesn't seem like it hopefully he find somebody to like sort his life out a little yeah, Bucket, he's got the money. He'll be all right. And hopefully, that's not even what Diggs is. He called is me going through either. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, hopefully, um, hopefully, hopefully, they just sorted out because I like the Bills. But um, truth be told, yeah, it's not a very good wide receiver room without Diggs. No, that was all, that's always oh. the knock. It's like they don't have a very good second receiver. And no. man, can you imagine if uh, I'm not a huge DeAndre Hopkins guy at this point in his career? He's 31. Uh, we didn't get to see a lot of his, uh, you know, play because he had to sit up for PEDs. Obviously, he's not on the PEDs that he needed for some reason. So if there's a drop off because of that, wouldn't be surprising. So like, I don't think that's some huge move that's gonna like fix a team, but it's still a good receiver. So if yeah. he signs somewhere and then Diggs freaks out and says, "I'm done with the Bills," shit can get weird. You have a top three quarterback and. You're calling Cole Beasley again. Yeah, I don't think you can expect Josh Allen to elevate the players around him in the way that Pat Mahomes did with uh, in the absence of Tyreek Hill. I think that's a fair expectation. And the AFC East on paper looks a lot, lot, lot tougher than what we know last year's AFC West was. Uh, So, yes, uh, it could be pretty pretty dicey if that uh, unravels in any way and they don't have the wide receivers. Um, Do you have any... um, Updated NBA draft takes. I know we had some movement on a, uh, it's a movement on one of the markets today. I mean, a few places, but yeah, are you, the guy we previewed last week uh, that got a little bit down on uh, Kobe uh, to the under was a decent bet that moved pretty aggressively. I think he goes top twelve. Um, I think in general, there's a handful of buzzy players who are clearly rising and a handful that are clearly falling. Um, Thompson's falling, Whitmore uh, rising, uh, Walker rising, Kobe rising, um, Bilal rising. Yeah, I mean, and I haven't bet any very much at all though because there's just like 
pathetic Just liquidity offshore. Markets, yeah. Pathetic liquidity offshore. Um, so not not really I haven't really put down the homework because it just there hasn't been a good reason to. Um I forgot, I had yeah, plenty of other stuff. Though. Showed up to training camp in a hot air balloon. Yeah. <laughs> um all um, right. So a couple do we have any other closing thoughts? Um no, let's uh let's talk about Joker winning, let's uh ego winning and kay. how we, we're moving into grass season. Like we are in we're in grass season. This shit just <laughs> Oh yeah, it's a hard transition, dude. It's not even a hard. It's a just a delightful transition. It's just overnight. Too. It's like it's, a it's, different game. Like it's a, it is a different you're sport. Like, you're like I was just watching. Like what am I watching now? Like this shit is supercharged. Serve, you know, serve and return, serve and volley. Like bang, 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 bang. Points are flying. Like tie break. We're already in a tie break. Like what is happening? Like it took. I, and it it's took funny Djokovic too. And, I yeah, prefer clay tennis. It's oh, my yeah. favorite surface. I, sure. It's the one. It's, 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 I like it's watching. Chess. Yeah. Long, yeah. Long it's, point construction. Yeah. Uh, long volleys. Just guys being able to grind it out. But that just that isn't to say I don't enjoy grass. And oh just yeah. Just what you said. It's like it is just a sudden change of pace. It's a much faster sport. Or you know, obviously the surface is super quick, and it, it's fun to see. I think that's where a lot of guys who bet tennis and do well derive some edges. And, you know, just you, Noops, and other people I, I talk to on the regular who bet tennis, a lot of it is just, hey, this is price strong based on we're moving surfaces. And this person, you know, you, you can, there's people that track that sort of stuff. Uh, present company included on how players do when they switch surfaces back and forth over the course of the season. So it's, uh, yeah, and there are some guys who they go, they go find like Casper Root, yeah. Let's go find some, uh clay tournaments to play because they're yeah. still scattered up they're still a little here and they're scattered yeah there'll be a couple next week um I, yeah i mean i i love it it's a, it's refreshing it took an hour and 20 minutes in the f- men's final to get to a tie break between djokovic and rude and i think i saw one 10 like one grass match already where it took 30 <laughs> to get to the tie break it was just like holy shit this is wild um and the grass tournaments are fun. It's short. It's a great run up to Wimbledon, which starts July third, I believe. Mm. Um, and uh, and not, they don't not, give a shit about the, our holiday. The main draw, main draw starts July third. I think the last week of June is. Uh, What's nice well, is uh, the first two rounds of or the first day, the first two days of Wimbledon. Essentially, the first round, like none of us are working. No, we no. have those. We have that doll. It's for golf. It's the John Deere week. Sure. That's not a tournament I'm I'm super worried about. Like yeah. It's uh it's gonna be a fun couple days of just sitting there watching Wimbledon. Yeah, and everybody who got their rocks off complaining about the broadcast uh availability of some of the tennis matches on clay, like guess what? ESPN plus has the grass, you can watch them anything anywhere you want, whenever you it want. Is, like, it fun. is wild too, like how I don't know, like ESPN has not done a lot right in my eyes. Sure. Over the past, oh, I don't know, maybe Dan can correct me how far back I should go. I'm not even getting into scandals and like just being a bad workplace, but like, yeah, basically, Sports Center was the best thing ever to come around for yeah, you know, sure. young, young us. And then it's like, just like they haven't done anything really well for a long time. But the, the fact that they put together the ESPN Plus stuff 
it's just so nice for watching stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Watch it when they have the golf coverage. And it's like, mm-hmm. here's four different feeds you can get here. Tennis, all the different feeds, things like that. So yeah, the tent pole stuff, the tent pole stuff was mismanaged, but the, no, the, yeah. the production quality was always good, especially <laughs> for the years you were there, Dan. Yeah, no, the tent pole stuff was mismanaged. Uh, Monday night football comes to mind. Um, but yeah, the, uh, the, oh God, uh, the avail the availability of uh of tennis and golf is at at your fingertips is amazing and yeah. i i have tennis channel plus for the for for the french open and i got to watch everything i wanted to watch the only kind of bit grape i had was uh uh the delay from flash score at times yeah. was like five minutes Boy, if you, if you, <laughs> was if like, you have how is this possible if you have how a sports book or flash score open it's 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 bad with some of those services uh, youtube tv is pretty slow with a lot of sports Oof. espn's been great five minute um, delay though five minutes yeah <laughs> how is so, that so, possible yeah that, that's bad because like espn plus is very quick um Anything I've watched on Peacock has been pretty quick. Like most of the ones who do sports, yeah. they at least get that part right where it's not a massive delay. But yeah, yeah, yeah. you're right. It's, a tip for bad. a tip for those of you who are you know, who couldn't find it but were betting aggressively and or cared about tennis. Um, Radio Roland Garros was the unlock the cheat code because that, believe it or not, Andy, the live broadcast on Radio Roland Garros number one is entertaining as shit. Like the personalities that they have on there and just their their banter is just top notch number two they'll tell you stuff that you can't hear otherwise you know because the 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 video broadcast they tend to just let the sounds of the game do most of the narration and then they chime in at the points and the you know end of the point and the changeovers and stuff well they got to give you they got to give it all to you during the radio broadcast so you get a lot more um and when they get really amped up you know okay in five minutes i'm going to be watching my tennis channel feed and i'm going to see a really cool point you know you know it's coming um but uh the final point about uh uh, radio roll garros it was ahead of flash score I was hearing point and game calls, and then flash score was behind. It was ahead of Bet365 Live, Bovada's Live. I was like, this is amazing. Incredible. You know, it's the old technology that's always the best. It's yeah. the radio. The radio. It it's was amazing. Radio. Anyway, I'm going to tune in for Radio Wimbledon, too, because that's even though you have all the ESPN Pluses to watch. Um, actual kind of commentary on the state of tennis. Uh what a tournament from an out- outcome standpoint. <sighs> Djokovic winning was big for me. It was, the only, it was yeah. Big. The only dis- the only disappointing thing was the the Alcaraz cramps. Yeah, I, we got cheated yeah. out of. I mean, just if we could have got five sets of what we got in the first couple. Did you my, watch? My did God. you watch the first two? Yeah. Okay, give me your give me your take on uh, what you saw. I think he can beat. I think he could have beat Joker that day. That day, like, he, he, yeah. Okay. Okay. Quality like, of tennis was good. Joker, yeah, no, high high quality tennis, obviously, until he okay. started to break down a little bit. Like, okay. and Joker is like you mentioned, it's hard to read him. It's like, oh no. Because at first, I legitimately thought there was a point where I'm like, Joker's going to break down here. He looks kind of done with the wrist and everything, and he might just lose this match badly. And then he cranks it up because it's like, oh yeah, he's been pulling this fucking trick on me for a million years. Are you and... talking about in the final or against uh, Alcaraz? No, Alcaraz. Oh really? Okay. So I didn't get, I didn't get that read at all in the Alcaraz really? match. No, no. I thought, it, no, I thought it, in the it, wasn't, it wasn't long lived. 
No, it wasn't. I, I thought in any Alcaraz match, I thought set one. I thought Joker was cool, crisp, calculated, was determined to like take his take his chances when he needed to. Like he was playing closer to the lines, places playing. He was his shots. He was going for the corners. He was hitting it to the baseline. Yeah, and that's why I said he was Alcaris going for his shots more. He's taking more chances. Him that day. I didn't yeah, say yeah, should have yeah. or was yeah, no, going no. To. I think like, I, I think I think yeah. we were desperate. You, tell, for you a just close tell me match. if you disagree with any of my read here. So yeah. I thought set one, Joker was dialed. He was taking chances. He was playing precision tennis and really trying, hitting some amazing, amazing shots. Alcaraz was amped. I thought Alcaraz showed up and was like, this is the biggest match of my life. Yeah. <laughs> he, he had that kind of, you know, that kind of, you know, feeling to him. And of course he is like, it was the biggest match of his life. We all know that we've been looking forward to this for like two years. Like they, like the, like the, just the pomp and circumstance and uh, setting was obviously going to affect him more than it was going to affect Djokovic. And so the nerves were high. He made some bad mistakes in that first set. Uh, he could not, to capitalize on the uh, you know chances he had to level it late, and uh, Joker coming through six three, I thought was worthy score and entirely give that almost entirely to experience. Like Joker had a one zero head start in that match because of the experience. In the second set, Fair. I thought Joker he did have some moments where he didn't look great. You know he 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 throttled down. Okay, he yeah. was literally like, <clears throat> okay, I'm gonna throttle down. But I'm going to make sure Alcaraz plays deeper into these points and really has to kind of go to his like highest level to Not win true. this set. First, he takes your legs. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, and, and it's true, and that, that's why that's yes. that's what I'm referring yeah. to him tricking me because he always does that where it's like, oh man, is he is he not looking as sharp right now? And then it's like, oh, he's just like he. It's you know when a tennis player plays possum or just like yeah, punt, sure. punts on a set, you sure. can tell. With Joker, it's like he's punting on the set, but he's still it's like but he still might win it. <laughs> like he yeah. still might just win yeah. it. Because he's not punting far enough. And um no, and and that's right. I did feel like Alcaraz had a chance. I mean, sign collectibles, you're right. He should have been up two sets done. He was the better player. He should have, you know, he was he was the better player. He, he is the better player. But I still think Alcaraz had a shot at it. Okay, I've never yeah. heard of like cramps from nerves, but I mean, you're oh I mean, sure. Oh yeah, he cramping was, like, can be very mental stress can absolutely lead to cramping. No but question. It, I mean, you, I mean, you hit it on the head though too. He was just like crazed. You know, yeah, like you can yeah, like yeah. fucking right. eyes are spinning and Djokovic, I thought brought it on. I thought I literally think he he throttled down in the second set. He was comfortable losing that set if it meant the exchange was he pushed Alcaraz to kind of go to where his adrenaline was just pumping out of his ears. Right. Like he, he, he literally, uh, he literally, you know, pushed him to his limit. Uh, you know, take not not allowing the break when he was down zero forty for the set, and then making him break. Uh, you know, at seven five, and th- again was a. Uh, you know, I don't think it was strategic. I don't think he was like giving away the set, but he was basically like, if you win this set, I'm going to make sure you physically pay for it. And sure enough, bang! Right at the start of the third, uh, it all came due. Uh, yeah, he had a, he had a service was, game there. In, he had a service game in there in the second set where I was. I was just, I changed my mind completely where I was like, oh no, now he's going to win this set. <laughs> oh, it's, like, and, it's, oh, and then no, it's just over. like truck the match. Yeah. And obviously it went the way it went, but I, yeah. I still think, I still think I would have liked to see like, <clears throat> I think your, your average result, even if he does go up two nil. Yeah. 
I think you end up with a semi-competitive four four set match, and that's what I wanted. So I didn't yeah, I didn't yeah. want the result we got, and I don't know. The final was fine. Yeah, I mean the final. I thought Djokovic was less, di- you know, he's less t- dialed in, less uh, to start I mean, to, to start. Be. Yeah, he was basically like, okay, well then, you know, he was a, the more uncomfortable player, but you know, as soon as he got to the tiebreak, he was like, okay. I'm going to stop making errors now. And then it was over. Uh, Rude really didn't recover well in the second set. And then it down zero two. He was like, Oh, here we go all over again. Although I will give rude credit for this, Andy. Uh, last year when rude played Nadal in the finals, yeah. he l- literally went on center court and peed his pants. It was a very, very, very tough watch this year. And oh, oh, and oh, by the way, Netflix happened to be there filming behind the scenes yeah. and you got to see him behind the scenes in the tunnel, like literally trembling, like there's my hero, Rafa Nadal. <laughs> I'm going to go play him for the French Open title. And you're like, oh, that's why he completely shat himself. I get it now. Um, yeah. And I thought he acquitted himself a little bit more professionally <laughs> this time. So congratulations on taking a step forward. And honestly, there's some season comes through where Alcaraz isn't as sharp because of an injury and Djokovic is retired. Rude could win a French open. Sure. For sure. Third time might be the charm for him. Um, But I don't think he's going to need the same sort of fortuitousness that afforded him the trip to the finals this year, which is that he really got to play. He got to play a gassed Rune. He got to play, uh, you know, happy to be there, Zverev, uh, and then <laughs> you know, and then, and the, then, the, the Rune match know. too. The Rune match, I wish that would have been a little better. Um, yeah, that was. I, I was pretty Oof, jacked for yeah. that one. I know Wheels came off Rune. That been yeah. Nice. yeah. Um, but no, I mean, yeah, Rude kind of did have the Denver Nuggets uh, path, didn't he? Yeah, it was without, without the benefit of the without the benefit of playing the Heat. Who would have been the Heat? Which the is well, so no, the the Heat Nobody would have, or you know, just like that situation would have arisen if Alcaraz doesn't get cramps, right? Or if or if Alcaraz gets those kind of cramps, but it's in the five five tie, you know, fifth set tiebreak, and Alcaraz comes through, but it's by the skin of his teeth, and then he can barely physically move in the final against Rude. Rude might have won, right? I don't hate like, I don't hate making Alcaraz Jimmy Butler. Yeah. No, okay. So anyway, uh, I think we're probably going to get another Alcaraz Djokovic in Wimbledon. I think. What's your price on that on grass? If that's so, that's final? so that's is this is where it gets interesting. So, uh, Alcaraz still long way to go to get up to the quality of play we see from him on clay on grass. Right? He just doesn't have the reps. It's going to take a while. It could happen here though, because he's going to be the one seed, right? Um, they got—I don't know if you know this—but I was doing a little bit of prep and research for Wimbledon because I was because the prices, you know, limits came up on yep, some of those off. outrights, and uh, they got rid of the weird seating. Did you remember this? I forgot—I'd forgotten this. They used to have a specific grass rating seating for Wimbledon, which made the like it would push Federer <laughs> up into the one seed if he was the three, right? Um, and they've gotten rid of that for whatever reason. I think 2020 or 2020, they, they didn't play. 2021 was the first year that they didn't have that seeding system. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, I think we pretty much know it's going to be Alcaraz, the one seed, Joker, the two seed, and Medvedev, the three. I think that's pretty set in stone. Um, so Alcaraz Djokovic could only happen in the Wimbledon final. 
Um, but I think it's possible because Alcaraz with the one seed is going to have a soft path. And really, there's nobody good on grass besides Djokovic. So it's possible we could see that. Now, if it gets there, are we going to get Alcaraz minus 200, Djokovic plus 170? No fucking way. No, <laughs> no, no fucking way. probably flip those. <laughs> I probably get more. Probably even more. Yeah, minus yeah, 300. Probably more aggressive. Yeah, minus 250, minus 300. Yeah, yeah it's going to be uh, pretty prohibitively uh, Djokovic the favorite. Sand collectibles and, says, yeah. yes. Oh, Joker is the one seed? They got, is he saying that grass formula is back? Because I thought that the seeding was set. Maybe he's right. Um, I know they're, they're going to let, uh, are they letting people wear dark underwear yet? Well, Djokovic, <laughs> uh, I think the women are allowed to. There was a lawsuit about that. Um, let me see here. Uh, I'll trust them. Pretty, pretty collectibles about what would know. Yeah, signed collectibles would know, so we'll take his word for it. But whatever the case is, they can only meet in the final. Um, oh, Joker is one in the world, though, yeah. It's winning Australian Open and winning the uh, French Open. Winning, winning two every, slams is that. That helps. You're and skipping ranking. every other tournament except for Rome and Monte Carlo playing two rounds in. Like, I guess that was enough. Anyway, um, I just haven't seen him play very much this year, and he's good enough to be world number one. All right. Um, There's a lot of points yeah. that come out of uh, winning a Grand Slam. Uh, tournament. Sure, yeah. Alcaraz didn't even play in Australian Open, so he was missing yeah. a big chunk of points. Um, and Medvedev didn't play in the second And that, that's slam, why he played So he's missing stuff. a big chunk of points. Yeah. Um, it's, right. been, it's been a weird three years for that, too, because the way the point system works yeah, right, and how right, people right. missed it. And how Nobody got points around. from uh, Wimbledon last year. Wimbledon, yeah, Wimbledon yeah. didn't have <laughs> points last year. Yeah. All right. Anyway, so they could meet in the final. I think it's possible. Um, I'm... I don't think Alcaraz should be the second choice by the odds. I think it should probably be Medvedev. My case for Medvedev is pretty straightforward at price. I don't have, I haven't made this a, a significant bet right now. You can get like 600 to win 5K ish on this at plus 750 on Medvedev, and I've been staring at it all day. Um, Medvedev played a lot better on clay this year than we've ever seen him play before so he's clearly at the stage where he's played enough tennis in his life that he's rounding out his skill set on the various surfaces which to me was an obvious easy bet for him to win air tog and bosh uh i have some medvedev to win air tog and bosh at plus 240 um and i think he's going to be able to put a grass title on his resume this year um, you know, it was especially, uh, you know, kind of defining for why I made that bet for Medvedev to win Air Tagenbosch. It's because he's I've, never, he's never won here before. He's never won it. You know what he, you know what he doesn't do? He will not, he will not win a it's title like, like in the city where he's won a, a title before. He's the guy who goes to his local, you know, this uh, restaurant. I'm never ordering the same thing twice. Yes, <laughs> exactly. he will not. How many is it? 20? 20. 20. He has 20 if, titles in 20 cities. If, Unbelievable. If, yeah, nobody knows this. He has, Unbelievable. Yeah, he's not won the same tournament twice, but somehow has 20 different tournament wins. Just uh, mind-blowing. Mind <laughs> it's a really weird. Yeah, it's a really it's weird. One of the, it's, it's one of the most bizarre. It's one of the most bizarre idiosyncrasies in all of sports right now, currently. That streak. Um, and I mean, anyway. they, they play more events than golf, but can you imagine that? Like a guy winning 20 golf tournaments and just like, never, uh, he's never, never repeated though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's, uh, it's especially weird in tennis because like, head. yeah, like the course and the conditions and the surface, all of that stuff matters so much more in tennis. Yeah. I feel like, I don't know. They're putting four good rounds of golf together anyway. Yeah. Um, 
so I think he I think he takes the grass title this week in the the Netherlands. Um, I think he's probably going to make a deep run at Wimbledon just based on what we've seen from him improving on clay this year. I think that helps him improve on grass. And in general, his skill set is, you know, he's just playing good tennis this year, I think. Um, been very impressed with him overall. Uh, and just does mental toughness, I think, to be a be a contender. So if it gets to a point where he has his best stuff and something happens to Djokovic or Djokovic just isn't up for it, that day he plays Medvedev, which he doesn't have the mental angle over Medvedev that he does over the rest of the players. Medvedev beat him head-to-head at the U.S. Open. Uh, lest we forget um, that that happened in a slam final. Uh, one of the younger players, you know, got the better of the mental mental master. Um, so yeah, I know. I think Medvedev could. You know, he's live. Uh, I think seven fifty is a good price. I don't think there's really anyone else in the men's field besides Djokovic, Medvedev, and maybe Alcaraz who could win. Um, and so I kind of stopped there. Uh, Andy Murray interests me a little bit. I'd love to see where he falls in the draw. Do you think he could be a, a deep <laughs> week two player? Yeah, you think he like, win a quarter? If he gets, if he he gets could, right? The thing is, his price is just still like I don't know how this has been a thing like for ten years now. His prices still aren't great. <laughs> no, they never will be ever again. People yeah, know his the name. dumbest thing. Yeah, he'll be out of. He'll be not in draws. And that happens. Be he's, yeah, yes. he's he's like, oh, who's your who's the eighth Wild. favorite? Yeah. Andy Murray is not even on the. He's not even in the continent. Like, he, yeah. <laughs> he's like hanging out with Judy. Yeah, uh, he Andy Murray is plus forty five forty five right now, which is uh, kind of intriguing. But yeah, don't, uh, don't bet that, yeah. please. Wait for waiting for a quarter, waiting for the draw, waiting quarter, for quarter price or like level uh, maybe uh, in yeah. an advance. You know yeah. the beauty of this, and I, I say this a million times about every sport we ever talk about, but just like the the options and the menus continue to just get better and better. Um, I will say some of you shithead sport books have been a real shitheads about one-way markets. There's some real obscene. I can't. It was a uh, a couple of people were going back and forth over some, you know, just bad NFL one-way markets, and one of them was Jalen Hurts rushing plus passing yards combined, and it was fifty. Will he have over fifty-seven hundred plus one hundred one-way market? And this like it was the record. Like it would have been. And yes, we have another game now. But like, it's just obscene. Some of these one-way markets. That said, the to my original point, the, the the offerings and the menus are so much better now. And there's a lot of those where you can find like exact um, round that they're eliminated. Those are awful fun too. If, oh yeah. If you are good at predicting how some draws will go, if you're a good bracketologist. Yeah. Um, other guys that are going to stand out on clay, surely uh, circle uh, Hubie Hercatch. Um, he was a disappointment in Wimbledon last year, cost me a, some serious coin. Um, but he does have the grass game that he should be, you know, draw afforded. He should be in your, you know, quarterfinals, semifinals. Similarly, um, Taylor Fritz has the game for it. Um, Yannick Sinner, eh. Nick Kyrgios, eh. Eh. Matteo Berrettini. What in the world is going on with him? Uh, he might be done. Done. Uh, yeah, he was incredible. Um, just, just really, just no show. It was not that long ago. Yeah, um, Marin Cilic is out of Wimbledon. He is still lined at Bookmaker, so they should probably take him down. How old is, how old um, is he? <clears throat> Guess Marin how Cilic? old Marin Cilic is. Thirty-four. Thirty-six. I was going to go thirty-seven. Thirty. Thirty-six is my guess. Thirty-four. 34. Damn, I should have stuck with my original guess. Anyway. Um, he looks like Connor Allen. He was a French Open semifinalist last year. 
<laughs> weird one of the weirder semifinalists we've ever seen um because grass is obviously his thing his bag clay is not um anyway i think medvedev is a decent bet at plus 760 before he wins air Togenbosch. uh we're not going to see joke say the up. s and we'll have to defer to our friend the food snob or maybe some other year but i i just gently say it so Togenbosch. like it's very it's subtle it's there but okay. it's very subtle so Togenbosch. Okay. So talking okay. All right. Well, whatever the case is, I think he's going to win a title. I think his price is going to shorten. He may flip Alcaraz for second choice. He should, in my opinion. We'll see how it goes. Um, if it is a final of Djokovic Alcaraz, it'll be fascinating though, because Alcaraz is going to figure it out on grass eventually. He's just too good of a player, and his co- his team is too good around him. They're coaching him very, very well. He's developing very quickly, uh, and he has you know a skill set where he should be ultimately be able to get a get you know get good at it as he develops a feel so um eyes wide open on that women's side the french open talk about ending with a fizzle double fault from carolina mukova Uh, it's honestly like a baseball game ending on one of these time violations yeah Pretty much. Um, Super anticlimactic. Especially, not that, with, not especially losing the last three games with the kind of meltdown that she well, had. And the, and, and the thing is, too, if, if, you'd, if you'd have said, hey, Andy, Mush, 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 how, how do you go? Do you go Mukova? Mook, it's or Mook? Mukova like Mookie, like Mookie uh, uh, bets. Mookie bets. So Mukova. Yeah. If you said, hey, Andy, Mukova made it to the final somehow, and she played Iga, and she double faulted on the you know the final to to, to lose it. like oh man like so like six four six two or what like it was it was a really good match actually like yeah. I, it surprised right into the death me. yeah she put she played really well and then yeah that was that's it was a shitty way to end it but good for yeah. you guys she's a good star. for you yeah three three french opens now what's your number on uh ego french opens in your career over under what it's so hard to predict you know injury and uh especially in women's longevity. tennis sure longevity well, is and impossible also predicting yeah. like what what like 10 year old is currently hanging out in the czech republic <laughs> that is gonna like beat her in four years Chechia, yeah yeah no because because there is there's just wave after wave of like really good young you know, players teenage yeah. czech girls who just come into the wta it's like holy shit like this kid's like a ninth grader. She's just fucking beating the shit out of like, you know, middle of the pack WTA players with like experience. So it's really tough to predict who's going to come up and be the next, you know. Oh, yeah, there's the Andrevas and there's there's always going to be more. It's just wild how it's just a factory. It's like Texas for uh, football quarterbacks, man. But uh, yeah. I, I mean, six. I feel like over the next five to eight years, she if I get if more. I if I if I hung five and a half, would you bet over? Probably just because I'd I, like. I think it'd, it'd be a donkey to do it, but I'd do it anyway. If I bet six and a half, would you bet under? No, that's not a fun bet. Okay, that's no fun. Okay, all right, fair yeah. enough. So it is six, five and a half, six. Okay, um, all right. Well, uh, I I everyone now awaits to see how she looks on grass. She's going to do some tune up. Um, Last year, she came into the grass season like on another level uh, relative to how she played on clay this year. So there's definitely some realistic expectation that um, you know she's got some. She, you know, I, I think she was a bigger favorite for last year's Wimbledon than she is currently for this year's, just because of what we've seen from her and because the rest yeah. of the field seems to have narrowed the gap. Um, 
Although I will say her hold percentage on clay throughout the season was better than last year. So she should have, like, if she carries that form into grass, she could win a grass title or two. Yeah, she um, was kind of like fucking people up. Yeah, for Where sure. Was, she wasn't on the court very long. Right. Um, the questions really swirl around the second choice right now and who it ought to be between Rabakana and Sabalenka. I guess give it to Rabakana because she's got the she's got the championship in her pocket. Um, Sabalenka's meltdown against Mukova. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Going to be a very long time before I have any confidence getting involved with uh, Sabalenka to get over the high-pressure moments um, you know, in, 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 the, in the near future. I kind of had that match um, one. She had it. It was over. Like minus, I mean, like I think we were joking, and I said minus. It was like I, minus four thousand, man. I I think I was joking, and I said if you had offered me Mukova, um, ten thousand to one, I probably would have been like hmm, pass. <laughs> like, like let's see if I see if I got a five in, in my wallet. It's over. Um, and sure enough, she came back and won. Um, but uh, yes, very, very assisted by Sabalenka, which is uh, kind of wild. Um, third choice for Sabalenka is fine for me, but she should probably be on a little bit tier behind uh, Iga and Rubakina. Um I would actually make Anz Jabor third choice just because she's so good at grass. Obviously, you're not getting the prices we got last year where she was 33-1-ish to one-ish at this time, which will go down as probably the most correct but not winning bet I've ever made in my life. Um, and then this year, she's 10-to-1-ish, and the players in front of her are a little bit better. Like, there's, you know, the, the Russians and Belarusians are not excluded from this tournament, um, which made a big difference. And there were injuries yep. last year that mattered as well. So, um, going to be tough for Ferrans to repeat as a finalist here. Going to be extremely tough for her to get over the finish line, considering the mental damage that she's sustained. And honestly, her lack of, you know, ability to close that second quarter over uh, Beatrice Haddad Maya was a problem. Uh, that uh, didn't bode well for her mental toughness becoming, uh, you know, kind of a, you know, a more cagey player. Um, so to speak. So concerned about Ons, but I think she's probably going to be a bet the quarter winner price for me, uh, depending on where she lands. Kvitova, you think you got a circle? Do you think? Do you think we get that draw on a Friday? Thursday, probably. If it starts Thursday, Friday, somewhere there. I think last year it was on a Thursday. It might yeah. be a Friday. Um, I think uh, Kvitova, you got a circle just because she's got the goods on grass. In fact, she's going to be a bet for me when we see prices go up for Eastbourne. I think she could beat the likes of the Rubakinas in the world in that tournament. That's like her her home. Um, so keep a, keep an eye on Kvitova and how she progresses. Goff is a scratch. Pagula is a scratch. Zachary is a mega scratch. Benchich is a scratch. Pliskova is a mega scratch. We need to bring that into the parlance. Oh yeah, yeah. Like, like, uh, um, what's the what's the way to say it? Um, with uh, you know, when, with when extreme you're prejudice. extreme prejudice, <laughs> you knew where I was exactly going. Right you knew where I was going with it. Yeah, scratch with extreme prejudice. Uh, Carol Garcia scratch. Ostapenko scratch. Krachikova scratch. Keys scratch. Mukova. Uh, Mukova. Eh. Yeah, twelve to one though. I, oh my god, that price! Yeah, her price yuck. is fucked. Yuck, 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 yuck. yuck. Yeah, Bedosa. What do you? We, we, we see this. We see this. In, and we're, we'll minute. talk golf here soon because of this. But um, we see this in golf sometimes. It's like, oh no, like you did good a couple times, and maybe you overperformed, and now you're just unbettable because yeah. the market 
Some, sometimes the market is slow to someone. Sometimes the market yeah. is way too fast and yeah. super annoying. You want a fun bet uh, and one to keep an eye on is uh, Ludmilla Samsonova. Um, we didn't see her at Wimbledon last year because she's Russian. She didn't play. Uh, she burst onto the scene with her first ever title on grass in Berlin. She had an amazing run from qualifying all the way to the finals, beat Belinda Bencich when she was peaking. Bencic is a very good grass player. Uh, Samsonova has the skill set to excel on grass. I think she is going to be a sleeper for quarter winner maybe even more at Wimbledon. So I would circle football circle a little uh, circle a little Ludmilla Samsonova. Um, and I think Samsonova is going to win your women's air Toggenbosch, by the way. Um, if uh, if you want a little fun bet there, she's like in the plus 275 range, about the same price as favorite Veronica Kudermatova. Um, I like Samsonova better than Kuder on grass. And uh, yeah, uh, that's a fun one. All right, man. That's about all I got on tennis. Give me, uh, give me uh, a little uh, uh, thought process on how your week has gone, handicapping and betting the U.S. Open of golf. Of golf, and yeah, let's uh, quick mention the sponsor, Sport Trade, is uh, sponsoring today. The exchange. Okay. Is, uh, I can't wait. To, I can't wait to hear this. Carry on. All right. All right, so I, I have an ad read, but you know how I am with these. I just interrupt myself as I go through them. Zero bet delays, huge limits, and fair cash outs because it's an exchange. There is not a delay like you get at some books because you're just buying somebody else's liquidity that it's been offered up. So uh, I have been able to use the exchange a little. I posted about it on my Twitter. I... I approached it differently too. And I, I wonder how my betting would be different if I had exchanges constantly, if I'd always had an exchange, because I think we do some of this in the NFL, but we talk about this all the time of like, Oh, but then we got to find our way out of this. Like, are we just taking this bet because we know the line will shorten. You got to find a way to, you know, extract equity out of this. And I didn't approach it uh, in the same way I did with my, you know, my regular bets where I said that these are guys I think they can win. I think the price is a little short. I think I get the best of the number and I'm going to bet these guys to win this tournament. Whereas uh, what I did over on sport trade was I took some guys where I thought the number was bad, but it's like, I don't know if this guy's going to win. Like, I don't think this is a cash, uh, a cashier. Like, Hey, this is 90 to one. And I think he should be like a 50 or 60. And he's also some, also some guys that I think can play well early. They can play well in the softer, easier conditions that we're going to see early on before they crank up the, you know, the masochist meter here later in the tournament. So basically the plan is I'm a trader now. It's like that. It's a good, it's a good uh, segue from tennis because, uh, you know, we know a lot of people who over on that side of the pond to do some tennis trading, but yeah, that's, Mm -hmm. you check it out if you're in New Jersey or Colorado, download it on the Apple store Uh, coming soon to Google play. Ooh. And yeah, it's uh, you know it's different with golf. How, how did you pull this off betting, in Minnesota? Just sport trade helped me out. Like it's essentially as part you know as you, part of you this have trade. a proxy trading for you. Yeah, there's yeah. Okay, can I so, do that? Well, maybe you can talk to him. Okay. Hmm. Basically, as a as a way, well, it, it makes it a little more authentic too. It's the same thing you, you know you hear people say like, well. You know, do we really think Shaq drives the Buick? 
<laughs> to be fair, that's not a good example. Shaq endorses everything. Maybe it's the perfect example, but it does make it a little more authentic if I'm actually able to use the product a little before I, you know, read it as an ad read. And it's I did like the I did like the you know the UI UX. Like it it seemed pretty simple. Uh it was interesting too because it was something I wasn't used to was uh, you know, you have to have the liquidity in the market at that price. So here's the best offer, but I try to buy too many shares of something. It's like, well, somebody's offering 400 shares at that price, but if you want 500 shares, this is your average price because you know th there's not that much liquidity at that price. You you get a slightly worse price. So I did I did learn a few things, but but I'll be kind of tracking those uh, the guys I added on Sport Trade a little differently. As I'm, I talked about it on Twitter, I said, I am going to try to just cash all of them out eventually if they play good or at least, you know, enough. Yeah. Where I, I end up with a, a surplus and then I'm going to buy some golfers that I think could win that maybe didn't play as well. And uh, it'll, it'll keep me entertained. It seems like a, like a no-brainer way to bet golf. Um, it, it is. It's a really good product to... for live betting, I think, okay. in general. But uh, golf, especially because live betting golf has more time. You know, it's it's not the same as like, ah, shit, you know, with the NBA, we got to wait for timeouts to really wait for the market to settle down or commercial breaks. With golf, you know, it's a slower process. And live okay. betting is live betting is 10 hours a day for four days. So right. should be interesting. I'll keep you updated on that. But uh, if you want to check that out and you're in New Jersey or Colorado, uh, link in the description, link in the show notes, link in the YouTube show notes. It'll get you there. I'm sure they have some sort of welcome, welcome for you if you uh, check it out. So, sport trade sponsors today, uh, and yeah, the U.S. Open very interesting because, as we often do uh, on the you know on the PGA Tour, we have a course we haven't seen. Uh, we had it last week in a new addition to the Canadian Open, you know. Uh, circulation, whatever you want to call it, we've had it in spots even like. God, what was it? Wells Fargo. Uh, we're we're using we're using Quail Hollow for the President's Cup. So guess what? We're playing at TBC Potomac. Hey, we're adding Mexico. You have to figure out this new course down here. Like it happens a lot in you know in golf where you have to figure out a new course. But often in majors we run into this. Obviously outside of Augusta, mm -hmm. and they haven't played a tournament here for a while, man. Since like the forties. Wow. Uh, fun fact from CBS's Tom Fernelli that I did not super fact check, but this is the course that the GTA five golf course is based off of he thinks. And that checks out like from a, a cursory glance, but uh, it is unique because it is, it feels old, even though it's on the West coast and mm -hmm. there's a lot of, a lot of pain in the acidness to it. Like there's the the really sloped fairways. Like, hey, you hit the fairway, but it's gonna roll down, and then you you end up with a terrible blind shot into a green. There's a par three that could play at 80 yards, where players have said if they play the pin that close, they'll have to lay up instead of going for the green because the landing area where they'd want to be on the green is so small at that point. There's a 290 yard par three where essentially you're probably going to have to try to get up and down for the most part. Hitting that green is going to be hard. There's a, uh, the sixth hole is very, like we said, it's very interesting. The 11th hole is pretty cool. It's a really, really cool course. I just have no idea. Like if, if the people who win it 
or, or you know, are in it are like six under on Sunday. Wouldn't surprise me, but there's like seven or eight scoring holes. If played correctly, like somebody could win this at 14, 15 too. So I haven't run into a tournament like this for a while where I really have no idea what the scoring is going to look like. And then at the same time too, we have the, I don't know the the reputation of the U.S. Open that they kind of have to maintain. That okay. it's, you know, they they don't like the scoring to go too low. So if it becomes a problem early, the you just go you don't pay the water bill, I guess that day, and we're just gonna we're just gonna make things harder. We'll, we'll roll the greens. We'll stop watering. We'll make it a lot less receptive. We'll make things a lot harder. So be interesting. Everybody's here. Obviously, Zal's out. Daniel Berger's still out. Uh, Tiger's not playing for a while, but essentially everybody else because uh, the live guys who matter are automatic qualifiers or found their way in here too. So great field, great course. I'm excited. Uh, if you followed along with me and noon and I ended up betting Hovland Finau and day for my, okay. uh, for my fixed, fixed odds bets, I guess. And then <laughs> in the, uh, in the exchange there, I took uh, Cam Smith, Live Cam Smith. I took Hideki at a big price. And then I took Wyndham Clark and Mito Pereira. Uh, both of them are on 90 to 1. I think they can improve their odds tomorrow as well. Mm. The only thing, and this doesn't affect you as much, but I'm so used to the East Coast golf that we've had for a while now. And fucking like golf doesn't start till like nine in the morning tomorrow. Yeah. I'm, gonna, I'm an early riser. I'm used gonna to be, being, there's going to be primetime finisher. Yeah, I'm I'm used to like showing up to work early on Thursday so I can put just put golf on the TV and like kind of slowly ease myself into the day. But fuck, I might, I might have to actually do some writing in the morning while waiting for golf to come on. Tinker with DFS. I'm probably going to enter more DFS this week because <laughs> I'll have a few hours in the morning. Um I don't know, it's, it's interesting too cuz Scotty Scheffler's playing the best golf possible, like better than some stretches of Tiger Woods unless he counts putting. And it's weird because uh, Ron pointed out earlier when we were talking, Ron Kloss works uh, over at Betsports Golf too. Um, it's not like the normal way that people struggle with putting. His lag putting is very good. He fi- If he finds himself with a really long putt, he gets it really close, better than most, and then misses the four-footers. It's 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 a goofy thing. I don't know if it's something mental. You see that a lot with putting. So it's like if that suddenly sorts itself out, fuck he he laps the field, I guess. But people on the ground have said <laughs> like hey, it's same putter, same results. Because that was the big thing, is is he gonna switch putters? And the, the report on practice rounds was no, not looking that way. Rory struggling with wedges. He has a lot of wedges in his bag, apparently, by the looks of it. Uh, we'll see how that goes. He's playing really good golf. There's so many guys that are just playing such incredible golf that I'm just hoping for a very good, uh, a very good ending. <laughs> it sucks. It's a, like the RBC Canadian Open is a shitty tournament. It's not even a good tournament. But I don't even know if we can top it. Like that was so amazing. I don't. <laughs> oh, I, I I told Dan this. Too. It was like, cool. Oh, I just was screaming at the TV. I had no no financial stake, and I still was just screaming. <laughs> the whole because it, it's just uh, wild how you know halfway through you're like man that's gonna be close and then three quarters of the way through that putt it's like fuck that that could go honestly and then once it gets close it's like holy god damn this is gonna go in the hole he's gonna win the tournament on this I will I'll go my entire life I'll never make a putt half that long 
See, I can't imagine making a putt of that length, much less doing it to win a, a shitload of money. Yeah. And being like, that guy's not buying a, he's never paying for a Labatt's again. <laughs> a Labatt's? <laughs> it's free beer forever. <laughs> Uh, Canada needed it after watching Vegas and Florida fight it out for a Stanley Cup, right? Yeah, good, good um, for good for Canada. That was cool. Um, okay, cool. That's thank you for the primer. Uh, what do you? What's your prediction on final uh, winning score over or under Aiden? I mean, I'm gonna go right at that nine. I, nine. I think we do. I, okay. I think we do see some good scores early on in the. Okay. You know the Thursday, Friday, and then it ends up kind of falling off a little, and we end up with some some tougher conditions where a guy might be ten under going into the weekend, and then he wins the tournament at, with a nine. You know, yeah, sure, sure. If we really crank someone, so basically, you think of the day one, day two leaders of the pack, somebody just holds on for dear life. Yeah, it could be. It it depends what the conditions look like. Weather is a non-issue. I don't have to tell you. It's pretty nice right now in California. Uh, just... It's not going to rain. <laughs> yeah, no, but I mean, it's just the, the, wind, the wind is it, not really an issue. On no, it, uh, it's pretty gloomy. Pretty, well, pretty gloomy. I, I yeah, had to I, go I to Palm I'm, Springs I'm last week to of, see the sun. I had to drive I, all I'm, the way out to the desert to get some sun last week, Andy. I'm, uh, just, it improved I, I my didn't. mood exponentially, though. I'll tell you that much. I got some sun. <laughs> you I saw your picture. I saw your picture oh online. That was uh, that was rough. Um, all right. Uh, one other bet that I made recently that I just want to air out because once the Joker money hit the accounts, once the other Joker money hit the accounts, uh, I was a little flush, and uh, I was like, you know what? Let's fire on some futures. Let's fire on some stuff. So I've been I'd been kind of sitting on waiting for waiting for it to get involved in anything else out there um and so i just was cruising what what's available what's available what's available doing some homework doing some homework doing some homework um i'm kind of bought in now to green bay being the bet in the nfc north awesome there's a lot of ways to do that uh i got a little bit of a little bit of the floor coach of the year a little bit of green bay to win the north at like plus 450 ish i think those are good bets i think green bay is looks good they look real good. Uh, on I've, paper. I've done a little bit, like I'm, I'm slowly yeah. doing it. And then I mentioned this in the, I'm working on a newsletter, by the way, guys. Ooh. It's going out to small batches. You can't just, you can't just fire off a newsletter to like a hundred thousand people at once. Uh, Google and like just mail, email in general doesn't like that sort of thing. So you got to slowly ramp it up. I'll, yeah. I'll post, a, I'll post a link in the Discord if you want to sign up early, but. Yeah, um, it's it's slowly going out to more people, but I mentioned that like I I just want to do something to kind of kill my June, so yeah. I'm gonna really really dig into each Hell team, yeah. but but not Good. like a, not like in a preview sense. I wanna I wanna look for the uncertainty. Like, what is the okay. biggest? Because it, it goes back to the futures episode, and I really thought of you when I did this. What sure. is the biggest pendulum on each team? Where sure, it, you know it there's a huge question to be answered and it can, you know, it, it doesn't have to be the most interesting question because sometimes the most interesting question doesn't actually have that big of an effect on how the team will perform that year. It's an interesting question. It's fun. But from a betting standpoint, I'm looking for the biggest uncertainty that could be, you know, change, you know, just uh, kind of like season changing. 
Like what, what could happen with a coach, a player, a scheme, a new, you know, a new, uh, a loss of a player that could really, really swing their fortunes. Sure. And is and it asymmetrical? For, yeah. Yeah. And exactly. Looking for something asymmetrical where it's like, if it goes one way, the team probably still performs about how they're supposed to. But if it goes the other way, this team is winning 14 games or yeah. losing 14 games, or this player is leading the league. Yeah. In X. So, so that's the thing too. I don't, I don't want to go bet a bunch of regular season win totals, Yeah, I, but I, I do want to make a bet. I, that was like my goal. I'm like, I'm going to try to make a bet based on every one of these mm. and I'm going to try to make it decent odds, you know, yeah, something, so- something longer. I th- I th- because then you I, only have to be right like what four out of thirty two times. I don't want to uh, I don't want to pollute your process as but I, I the way I, I see my process polluted by you. The way, the way that I sounded see, really filthy. Uh, the way I see it, uh, there are two teams in the NFC that have asymmetrical to the good if the quarterback plays at league average. No, and, and, and it's the you're Falcons fine polluting my process yeah. here because yeah. this is. I, I thought I thought about several teams when I was going through this, and yeah. like uh, right away, I'm like, oh man, like, I haven't figured out exactly what the one bet I'll focus in on. Sure, but I do believe in the Green Bay defense this year. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they have so I, many talented players. Just the talent I, yeah, is so good. I kind of believe in basically if you can get middle of the pack play out of Jordan Love. It's like, what is stopping this team from winning the division? Because it's yeah, not that right. great of a division. No, it's not. No, like it's not great to the point where the Packers shouldn't be plus like five to one. Like that's crazy. I, I don't get it. And same with the. Oh, Fal- I'm, I'm kind of with you on that one. Falcons not as good a price, but at the same thing. Like if Ritter hits league average, the rest of that roster is good enough that they should win the, the South going away. Well, and um, we just don't we don't know much about him, and yeah, they they are high on them. Obviously, they have to say they are, but they yeah. were high on them when they drafted him as well. Like, yeah, if, if let's say he's Kirk Cousins, let's say he's you know right in that ten to twelve range. Yes, like, yeah, like yeah, their price is bad. Then the other one I fired on in the AFC was Ravens North, uh, plus sure. two forty. Um, I've been I'm still on Browns pay to see at Island. Um, I am on the Bengals are overrated, uh, not Island, but that's just a general feeling I have looking at some of their market prices. Um, and the vibes that come right out of Baltimore with minicamp are like, yeah, they're, glo- they're, glo- they're, they're just glowing, man. Like all these new weapons, the Todd Munkin in the mix now, different look, catching people by surprise. Uh, just a lot of really solid players, blue chip players on the defense still. Um, I think uh, I didn't really have a way to fade the market price on Bengals or fade the sleeper buzz on Browns. So ultimately, I'm just like, yeah. fine, fuck it, Ravens. I think in I, I was going to say, I polluted my own process by just kind of really quickly looking at each team and yeah, thinking about yeah. it like the, the five-second handicap. And you know the Monk and Lamar quotes that we've had already. It's like it's probably Ravens AFC for the Ravens. Like, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm with you there. Like it, it would have to be. I don't. I don't. Not saying that the division isn't risky enough, and you should be going further. But the way I wanted to do things, yeah. I wanted to go for the you know the the deep uh, the yeah. deep shots and the the bigger you know the, so, the further totally. the further totally. down the tail in the distribution. I thought hard like, about like, I thought hard about uh, an MVP and Yeah, no, I thought hard about Lamar MVP. The prices weren't quite good enough though. No. Um 
because like the other thing about the Ravens is they they take the preseason seriously, right? They're not going to fuck off uh, game weeks two, you, you know, the, the first, second games of the preseason. We, People are going to warm up point, on them quickly. They're going to be sharp in the early part of the season, probably on offense. And then so if they, look, if they look good coming out of the – it's tough. But if they look good in the first quarter of the season, people are going to you – know, Ravens, you know, stock is going to go higher. <laughs> it is our division. I think we've we've at some point live bet the winner of the NFC or AFC. Yeah, every year. Like sure. three years in a row three, now. Yeah. And yeah. it's and it's always it's funny it's like oh it's our division it's always like really close at the it's end. Always close. <laughs> it's always like yeah, well, needed, they, uh, needed Cincinnati won the division on an off day because off they day. just canceled the game. They canceled the game. Right? I think they still would have won it, but it was a I weird way to win a bet. Obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So got a little Ravens, got a little Packers. Already got a lot of Jags. Got a little bit of Falcons. Uh, the one that I'm going to kind of tune. Yeah, good. Yeah, just. Kind of going back on fun markets and sure. the, you know the the comment I made about how many the menus are increasing and there's so much weird yeah. stuff. Yeah. And granted, I didn't check what the limits are on this because I I'm not in the state where I can use it right now. I'd have to go down to the Iowa, but uh, I believe it was DraftKings had markets for it was an over under for each team. Sure. And a lot of them were in the three to five range oh cool i don't know if you well it was for win streaks oh it was the longest win streak a team will have will it be over under this and hmm. honestly 95 percent sure it's a shit market that you don't want to get involved in but i i feel like I, i'm putting that in the back of my head because there's like one team that's gonna have some weird it's like, man, they have two really good shots at it with like two soft pockets, and maybe they overlap a little. Where Ooh, that's fun. Um, I don't know. Yeah, the, you're going I, down, I to, enjoy the, you're going down to the like John Deere soon, so you better get it to work on homework there. Uh, oh yeah, soon. maybe if I'm away from the family, I'll just. Uh, I'll the other, uh, the two things that I had to put more time into. Look at this hard about, collectibles already. Dolphins under three and a half wins, plus one fifteen. Good work, Ben. Um, I don't have a good read on the NFC East at all. I think that one's mm. going to be fun. I think that's going to be a fun three-way race. I don't think that's runaway Eagles, which is what the market is making it right now. And I need to kind of digest a little more if the schedule affords picking a horse in that race preseason or whatever. Because um, I think the Giants are being overlooked. I think the Cowboys are being slightly underpriced because of McCarthy. And uh, I think the Eagles, you know, meeting their... Out offensive output last year. You know, the Eagles schedule, I think, is going to be a little bit of a uh, uh, a rude awakening. Um, all right. I also doing a ton of work on defense player of the year. Fuck that market is hard. It's so so tough. The rubric is weird. Yeah, I, I do want to get into award markets a little as we go yeah. through June and July some more. But yeah, um, okay. not only that, but um, another fun one. And I know a lot of you guys in the Discord like to get into these too, but just like. Uh, receiving yards leader finding some bid nice mid one. price or long shot guys rushing yards leader passing yards, those sort of things they have those for the rookie classes too Ooh. which is a really fun way to you know hey uh, i think you guys did a really good job last year finding a bunch of wide receivers who played pretty well honestly all things considered uh that said you might do the same this year 
And you might be absolutely right. And that guy might finish fourth in the voting if the quarterbacks all play decent. Yeah. (laughs) Because it it might just be a rookie of the year where it's like, oh man, we have a stud running back who's in a perfect system to get way too many touches and three quarterbacks who are probably starting on day one that have some weapons, have some semblance of hope to be good. So it might be just dead wood kind of getting these wide receiver prices or any of the other running backs. But I think there's some, some opportunities in those markets where like most receiving yards for a rookie, most rushing yards for a rookie, stuff like that. I think uh, some of you guys have a lot of fun with that. Mm-hmm. Um, those are all really tough. <laughs> oh, I know. I, and again, I, th- I think it's, it's an opportunity for you to take yeah. some longer shots. On, yeah. 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 On, yeah. You know, scoop some hundreds. Yeah. Scoop some big um, prices on some guys that okay. think like, I don't think his opportunity is being priced in properly here. He's going to, you know what, uh, this. you know what market is not hard in my opinion. Best bet uh, I made this week. Um, the USA to win the women's world cup. That's the one. Yeah, we. I dug into this a little more even after we spoke. This should be like even odds. It's. It really does feel like. <laughs> is is no one actually betting into this with real money? Because I may, I'm not sure people knew it why was up. Maybe why isn't it getting bet down? I don't know. Maybe people didn't know it was up. England looked really good in the women's Euros, but this is not that same squad, and also. America kindly did not play in the women's heroes because they would have <laughs> thrashed some thrash that ass. Um, but yeah, I think I think if you like uh, some golfers, maybe parlay it with the women's World Cup winners. USA have a fun big ass take. If you let's like, oh man, I don't want to bet Scotty Scheffler at seven fifty. Parlay it. Yeah, take it with the women's World Cup and have a fun July too. Yeah, I got a couple. Actually, it's not going to get that number graded until August. So that's going to hit the books if it wins right before football starts. Preseason, which is cool. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I bet I bet that one pretty hard. Uh, a lot of Djokovic to win French Open went right back into that pot. Yeah, I'll be looking <laughs> so, at uh, I'll yeah. be looking at uh, golden golden ball, golden boot as well with a couple of prices. On I some. stopped betting it at plus two fifty for people who are asking. There's still plus two thirties around that you can get a big stake on. Yeah, yeah, um, you can get yeah, to win three k per click at bet, bet bookmaker. Still on that. I took a swing. I like it too. So yeah. we, are, okay. we are patriotic as fuck. All right. Heading in, heading into it is. You know what, Drew? It's Flag Day. It is Flag Day. What a great way to end it. Team America on Flag Day. Let's go, girls. Let's go, ladies. Fantastic. DraftKings has plus seven two seventy five. Yeah, you can get your ten dollars down. Twenty seven fifty. Hopefully, they take fifty. I don't know. Who knows? I know. I like the limits I got on what I got. I'm pretty fired up. So, all right. Well, America. We'll be back next week, guys. We'll check it out. We're about three weeks away from going deep and only into the NFL, which is going to be super fun. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know, Drew, just kind of closing thoughts. Have you been listening to any other NFL content? There's a lot out there. No, I've had to pare it down because I don't have a lot of time. I'll basically listen to most of the Sumer stuff. I, I like Tej. I like some of the guys. I like Par- I like Parker. I like the guys they have over there. Obviously, we like Dr. Eric. I'll listen to some of the Ringer stuff if Ben's on. Sure. But some of those have been just like, 
man, I'm I'm wasting my time with this. They're just having a they're just having fun with this. And honestly, the most fun podcast I've listened to in a long time was uh, I don't remember who the co-host is. I feel like an asshole because I know his name, but uh, Solak and him did like predictions for the NFL in three years. And it, and basically, they must have had some handshake deal where they had to be outlandish. Yeah, and it was just like yeah. it was just like you know. Uh, oh, Justin, let's check that out. Justin Herbert signs with uh, I can't remember what NFC team it was. <laughs> they they had a lot of fun with that. Was a fun episode, but I do I do like his breakdowns. I'll listen to some of the athletic stuff if I get a chance. But it's been light. I'm looking forward to. I don't know if those guys are going to do it again. I like the kind of closing the book on the trading talk i can the the sportfolio king guys yeah i like yeah. those podcasts they they approach looking at the market in a much different way than a lot of people those were obviously only in season so hopefully those guys end up doing that again that's what i usually took in during the week yeah for sure absolutely love that one um yeah i mean i'm i i've been so zeroed in on tennis and basketball podcast wise for two months now <laughs> that uh i really yeah go take a breather up. duncan i gotta do a lot of catching up here Yep. So, all right. Well, appreciate cool. you guys. Hit the thumbs up if you watched on YouTube. If you listened on the podcast, make sure you're subscribing. If you're in New Jersey or Colorado, give our friends at Sport Trade a shot. Check it out. If you have any questions, DM me. Um, I'll just be watching golf tomorrow, so I'll have some time. See you guys. Oh yeah. Never drinking lately. I need to eat drinks. Definitely, uh, with the gloomy weather, it's been fun to go to a good dark tiki bar and get my uh, rum drinks on. What a lot of, uh, a lot of just good cold, nice cold beer. It's been hot here. Nice cold uh, I had some. Beers. This is my wife. This is my wedding anniversary last night.